Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With EarnIn, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the EarnIn app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip, and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with EarnIn, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless, and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 124. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Natalie Setre, a professional makeup artist turned beauty educator, about how to think like a minimalist when it comes to our makeup bags. You'll like this episode if you love makeup, but struggle with knowing what products you can let go of, or even if you're on the other end of the spectrum like me, where you feel less is more and you want to use the least amount of makeup possible, or you want your products to do double duty at least. So let's dive in and find out how we can be our own makeup artist today with Natalie. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. We are less than a week out from Halloween, and I am just now realizing the connection between dressing up in costume where you may or may not be using makeup and the fact that my guest today is a makeup artist who now teaches others how to do their makeup themselves total coincidence, and we don't actually talk about Halloween makeup specifically, but we do talk about special occasion makeup, and I will totally include Halloween in special occasion because it is the one time of year where my elementary school age daughter gets to wear makeup. So I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting coincidence and wanted to point it out. But before we get into chatting about having a more minimalist approach to our own makeup, I want to make sure that I thank you for joining me for this episode. If you are returning, I am thrilled to have you back. And if you are new here, well, welcome. I will do my best to bring you interesting information that can help you in your home and life. That might be with decluttering and organizing or creating systems so that you can stop doing the things that you just tolerate and give you more time to do things that you love. Or it can be these really interesting kind of different guest episodes. 
And then one more thing that I generally say at the beginning of most of my shows, but I want to make sure that I point it out today because it's actually what led to this episode and having Natalie on as a guest. Back on episode 117, I shared a review that we received from someone named Jenna, where she asked about doing a makeup episode similar to an episode that I did about capsule wardrobes. And today is the episode. So this is the result of her suggestion. So thank you again, Jenna, for reaching out and uh, commenting and leaving that review. If there is a topic that you are interested in learning more about, please please, please let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram. I'm wannabe clutter free on there. Or you can do like Jenna did and leave me a review with the suggestion um, written on there. And I really do uh, read and listen to your reviews and your comments. And, you know, I just want to make sure that you know that this show is for you. And I want to be the best resource that I can be for you. And one of the best ways for me to do that is to know exactly what you want me to find out. What do you want me to research? Who do you want me to have on the show? And if you tell me those things, then I can um, follow through and do them. And so with that, I want to get back to today's episode. Um, Natalie Sitara is a well-established professional makeup artist and a makeup educator who has developed an international fan base in the U.S. and in Europe. She started her business in Monterey, California, and has moved it now to Wiesbaden, Germany. Natalie has a love for education and empowerment and believes that makeup is a piece of the life skill pie that we should all have access to. I love that idea of a life skill pie. She prides herself on keeping her entire beauty brand gender neutral in her copy and enforces the fact that makeup is for everyone. She believes that it is not about wearing makeup every day or wearing a lot of makeup in general. It's more about knowing how to wear makeup for the moments in life that matter. Those moments when it's important that your inner confidence matches your outer confidence. Natalie wants us to keep from getting misled by the beauty industry or those gimmicky advertising things that we always see while also making makeup fun again. So give this episode a listen, and when you're done, head over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 124 to get the show notes for today's episode with links to Natalie's website, her book, and the many blog posts that we refer to for more information and more in-depth looks throughout our discussion. Again, you can find it all at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 124. That's 124. And now let's get to our conversation. Well, hi, Natalie. Welcome to the Wannabe Minimalist Show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I am really looking forward to today's topic. It actually was a listener requested topic. This will be a lot of fun. And we are going to talk all about makeup and minimalism and kind of dive into that. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what led you to becoming a professional makeup artist? Yeah. So I think I've always been a makeup artist since I was little, but then you follow what society thinks you should do. And in my case, I followed what my father thought I should do, which was become a military officer. So I did that. Yes, I'm a creative person and it was very hard, but I did it for the scholarship for college and also just to make my family proud. But eventually life catches up and I found love and I had a small family and it was, the writing was on the wall that it was time to leave the military and pursue higher education thinking, oh, I'm going to get the next job 
And then being a trailing spouse in the military is not really conducive to that. So I fell back into my passion for doing makeup. And as a makeup artist, a brand new minted makeup artist, I'm like, this is really awkward working six inches from people's faces. And I personally always, I love makeup, but I always hated having my makeup done because you don't know what's happening. And so part of my process was always explaining what I was doing and why I'm doing it. And over the years, I realized, oh my gosh, like I love teaching people how to wear makeup. And that's what happened. So I was a makeup artist and people were like, can you teach me this? Can you can you show me what you're doing? And I was like, yeah, this is so fun for me. And then I moved into an educator role and I wrote a book in 2019 called Be Your Own Makeup Artist, which I thought was just going to be a small little PDF download available, but now it's been sold in over like a dozen countries and it's been translated in Germany, in German. And it's, yeah, so it's really just blossomed. And I think what I realized is this so much marketing for beauty products and so many product unboxings, which I was guilty of early in my career and just buy this and what should you have in your kit and what should you have in your makeup bag? And I'm like, you guys. It's like, we need to stop. We need to be empowered consumers. Like you don't need to have so much. And that's why I was so excited when you asked me to come on the show because makeup is, it's just so powerful and easy. And I think we make it very overcomplicated by having massive collections and kits and things like that. Oh, I'm so excited. You couldn't tell. I'm like chomping at the bit to get like dive on into this because When you said makeup is easy, I can imagine that people on the other end are going, well, but maybe not. (laughs) So I can't wait to talk, talk about this. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the education side, right? So what type of makeup education do you teach? Are you just, do you teach one-on-one? Do you have like a YouTube channel? Like how do you teach people how to do their makeup? I'm curious. Okay. So I have my book, right? My makeup artist book, which is very basic, right? Is for everybody, all ages, all genders, all ethnicities. It's and it's not sponsored by any brand. So I self-funded it, self-published it because I wanted a safe space for people to actually learn like what is foundation and what are the different types of foundation and what types of skin works for different types and what kind of effects would work because there are so many choices. And I think that's where we all get caught up. So I wanted to provide a a kind of, I don't want to say Bible, but a Bible that just spelled it all out for beginners. And as a result, of course, I can't take on as much one-on-one. I have a program called Create Your Signature Look. I work with a stylist who also, we all will talk about the capsule makeup bag. I know I saw that. Talk about that. Yeah, I want to ask about that. Um, but we do build capsule makeup bags and capsule wardrobes in my one-on-one program called Create Your Signature Look. And then I will be launching my Learn Makeup in Five Days course, hopefully at the end of the year. It's been a work in progress. Perfectionist. Well, I love what you said there about it not being tied with any one brand. Because I think that is a big thing. It's so hard because I, I mean... I remember being younger, going and getting my makeup done. I'd get it done for dances or things like that. I remember going out for an awards night in Chicago one night 
when I worked a corporate job and my friend and I went and got our makeup done and I, I followed her to whatever, she was a few years older than me. So I followed her to whatever makeup counter she went to. And I just, it, that's so hard because obviously you go to a makeup counter, they're going to give you the brands that they obviously are there repping. Or if you go to someplace like Sephora or Ulta, I never know whether they are being told to push a certain brand or not. So I think that's something that's, I love that part. And so I kind of want to dive into a few of those. Maybe we can talk about different products that you really recommend and things like that as we get going. Another thing I know you talk about is using sustainable makeup. And that's kind of a big thing we talk about on this show. I've talked about ethical fashion. I talk about capsule wardrobes. A lot of it stemming because like we can vote with our dollars in a way, right? We, I want to be able to say, this is what I value. And I want to value things that are healthier for my face, for the planet, for the animals, for all sorts of things. So what are some of those sustainable brands you recommend? And how do we figure that out too? If there's, if we come across a brand or something, we see something on Instagram, we see something in the store, how do we vet it? Is there a vetting process you go through? Yes. And this is such <laughs> a good question. I do have a really good post that I'll share the link yeah, with you perfect. for sustainable beauty tips, how to be a better consumer in the beauty space. It goes a lot more into detail, but there are, there's a lot. I don't know if you've heard of the term greenwashing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is absolutely rampant in the beauty space. And for those of who are listening, maybe we define okay. it real quick. Yeah. So greenwashing is basically like putting a green leaf and saying natural on a face cleanser or moisturizer. Right. And then you buying it at a premium price, even though it's marketing. It's very misleading. Yeah. So it's basically yeah. Using eco-friendly words and terminology and images to make you think that it is an eco-friendly product when in reality, it's just the packaging and the word. Right. <laughs> and I think that you have had a lot of mainstream brands, a lot of popular, and I say mainstream consumer brands from the lens of the makeup artist, because in my professional kit, I do keep a lot of pro brands, which actually are very, I like, I don't like to use the word natural because everything is chemical. <laughs> the ordinary did really good commercial and that like everything is chemicals and we all appreciate longer shelf lives. And so we need to really understand where our tolerances are on what we want. I like to give the example when you're, instead of naming a particular brand, I think it's a way of thinking if you are wearing a full face of makeup every day, say you're an anchor person on TV and you are wearing a full face of makeup every single day and it's part of your job and you're in that makeup eight to 12 hours, then I would be really careful and making sure you're using not only good quality makeup and quote unquote clean makeup, but it also needs to look really good on camera. And so for those, for these people, like, film actors and public figures and whatnot, anchor people, whatever, people who wear makeup for a living. I think this is where you need to be really conscious of what you're looking at. But if you are wearing makeup once or twice a week or just for these special occasions, I think you can get away with just buying makeup that suits you, that you enjoy. 
from wherever the drugstore, the department store. If you're sensitive to fragrances, then avoid, if you have sensitive skin, avoid products with fragrances. And knowing your skin type, and this is something I talk about a lot, but really we can talk product lines and we can talk about brands and we can talk about ingredients, but really it stems down to your personal skin type and your personal makeup style preferences. You have to know what those are in order to make an educated decision and in order to be minimal, right? You have to know exactly what works for you and why you're buying it and why you're using it. Otherwise, you're going to end up with a medicine cabinet and a makeup bag full of stuff that you don't know what to do with or that didn't work or like what you said, somebody sold it to me. I do have an interesting story that I think you would appreciate. Listeners would appreciate. I had an assistant on a job once and I pretty much hired her because she worked at the Lancome beauty counter. And so I knew that she had lots of experience with lots of different skin types and clientele and ages. And I had asked her to just mix a foundation for a client. And she came to me and she pulled me aside. She's like, I don't know how to do this. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you work at Lancome. Like, how can you not just custom blend a foundation? She's like, we only spent 30 minutes of training in color. And I was like, this is something. I'm deeply familiar with and learning undertone and things like that. So there are diamonds in the rough in department stores, in Sephora, in Ulta, in the drugstores. There are diamonds in the rough, but at the end of the day, they are salespeople. There are quotas, there are commissions, and you need to ask yourself, is it worth it for me to go get my makeup done at the MAC counter and spend $75 worth of product that I may or may not ever use again? Or would I rather give that money to an artist in my community, a small business owner? I always like to make people think that way instead. Yeah. So how do we find someone? What would we search for? How do you, how would you go about finding someone to do your makeup? We're not living near you, unfortunately, getting you to come meet up with us. (laughs) There are so many fantastic makeup artists all over the world. And look for artists that, you know, if you are, for example, vegan, which so many brands have become multi-free and vegan, you would search like vegan makeup artist in your town, any town USA, right? And go to their, search on Instagram. You can find really amazing talent in these communities and on these places that have an align with your value, align with your values. So if you want more organic, clean products, I'm like quoting, air quoting, (laughs) you can't see that. You can find an artist that does that, but you need to also be really realistic. A lot of those products are not designed for HD 4k types of photography or filming and things like that it's just you have to decide okay this is a special occasion like where do where what's what battles do i want to fight but that'll avoid buying a lot of things that you don't need okay so let's talk about the everyday mom like myself i'm not wearing makeup for school drop-off but i'm and i'm not on camera quote unquote I wear makeup probably fairly regularly. I try to put my best face forward. Whatever people think about that. If you're not into makeup, you're probably not listening to the show. So hopefully I'm not offending anybody. It's like, we should just be natural, which is fine. You would do what works for you. And I don't wear a lot of makeup. Like literally, this is how I leave the house. And Natalie can see me on the screen right now. And it's very 
minimalist. Yeah. <laughs> you could almost barely tell I have any makeup on. <laughs> you look gorgeous. <laughs> oh, thank you. But it's just, what would you say for somebody like myself who I'm not needing the high definition, the 4K, but I want a nice primer. I want an a decent make, a foundation. I'm in my 40s now. So that is another concern, obviously quite different than I was in my 20s. And so all of these kinds of things, let's maybe break it out for, because I think people sometimes see makeup artists and they think, oh, that's not something for me. That's for someone who is in makeup all the time or is down that road. So what would you say for someone a little bit more like me on the regular everyday folk? Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Yeah, so I am a makeup artist, also a mom, and I am like a very I'm minimal with my makeup every day. And so I like to remind people, my clients or anybody who follows my content, makeup is really a play on light. It's an illusion. And so if you use a few products very strategically, it doesn't matter if you wear a lot of makeup or if you don't wear any. There's this stigma around, like, oh, she's wearing makeup. And I'm like, just wearing mascara. I was like, oh my gosh, we need to get over this. <laughs> makeup is something that we've been wearing, men and women, for, yeah, I think since forever. And it's really, like I said, it's a play on light. And as a busy mom, business owner, everything, I need two minutes. I need two yeah. to three minutes. I would say you need to always, every single day, you need to take care of your skin. So I just had... One of my last private lesson clients that wasn't in my Create Your Signature Look program, she messaged me. She's like, Natalie, I didn't even know like how important my skincare and my prepping my skin was. Like, I don't even need to wear makeup as much as I used to because I'm like taking care of my skin and I'm prepping my skin. So you can prep your skin based on the day. I like to say skincare is like brushing your teeth. Like you have to do that every single day. 
it's going to, they're going to, it's just not going to look good over time. Skin prep means, oh my gosh, my kids were up all night or I was working on a project all night. I didn't get any sleep. And I decided for some reason to have two glasses of wine and I woke up and I looked puffy and a mess. So like you have your skincare, but you're like, I need to do something with this situation. Right. And so you would need to be like, I'm going to put a little under eye cream with caffeine in there to just reduce the puffiness. And I'm going to put a little lip mask on and maybe I'm going to add a little moisturizer. And then how do I feel? And then you're like, okay, like I've got this and okay, I'm going to wear a foundation today or my skin looks really good. Maybe I'm just going to put a little spot concealer on, or maybe I'm just going to curl my lashes and add some mascara and put on a little lip gloss. Like I think we overcomplicate makeup. It's It can change every single day. Skincare and skin prep, non-negotiable. That has to happen every day for me to leave the door. And then I like to either reach for a mascara, a blush, and I like to use a blush that can also combo as a lip, mm. that can also combo as an eyeshadow. It's really pretty hey. monochromatic, multi-purpose, minimalist. It's something that us makeup artists do all the time. In the industry, if we have like 30 seconds with a talent or a model, we'll just grab a cream blush or cream bronzer and do lips and cheeks. That's going to add that nice color to the face. It's going to add that youthfulness, that femininity that we want to feel when we're wearing makeup. So I think we think too much. Okay. And we make it too complicated. We're like, oh my God, what do I need to do first? What do I need to do first? If you only have five minutes, Take care of your skin, curl your eyelashes, and put on some lipstick, like not rocket science. Okay, great. Let's talk about that capsule. Let's hop into that because you started to go there a little bit. And I want to talk about this because I, I love capsule wardrobes. I would probably say I have, I wouldn't say I have a capsule makeup bag. I would say I have a minimalist makeup bag. I wouldn't say it's very versatile. There's not a lot of mixing and matching, but I was listening to that like cream blush and I'm thinking, ooh, okay. And the wheels are turning. So tell me a little bit about what would what you would say would consist of a really good capsule makeup bag. So I have a, a blog post on this, actually. I did interview a good friend of mine. I have a podcast, actually. It's a lot more geared to makeup enthusiasts and makeup artists. But I interviewed my friend. There's a great resource that she provided in there. But basically, a capsule makeup bag is full of multi-purpose products that can go from day to night. I promise it's not hard, but when you see it, let me use a lipstick, for example. Let's just use a lipstick, a red lipstick, like a really matte red lipstick. You can buy that and you would put it on and you might, if you don't wear red lipstick, you're going to feel like a clown because you never wear red lipstick and it's really intense. But then you take that lipstick and you mix it in with your moisturizer or you mix it in with face oil and you sheer it out. Now you've turned that lipstick into something not so intense. And then you're like, oh, okay, I can sheer this out to the point where I can put a little on my cheeks if I'm in a hurry. And so you're learning tone. You're learning how to think like a makeup artist, right? You're changing one product into many different products. And so then you think, okay, what is my daytime look? Like, is it more of a coral or is it, if it's a, if it's in the same color family, then you're like, oh, I can use one color and I would shear it out for my daytime and I would max it out for my evening. 
And then there's everywhere in between. So you would think about your lipstick. You would think about your eyeshadow. Maybe you have a nice palette, an eyeshadow palette that you like most of the colors. I feel like I'm very anti-eyeshadow palettes unless you build them yourself. Because it's just marketing. They make so much money on them. Just buy singles of the ones that you love, build your own palette. And then, you know, you can get wet to dry or yeah, dry to wet things that can change the effect of your eyeshadow. Makeup artists, we do this all the time. And so you would take your brown shadow during the day and then at night you would make it wet and then you could turn into a liner or it would turn into a darker brown. It's the same kind of product. Yeah. Once you, it's really, like I said, it's really easy because at the end of the day, the beauty companies, they just want us to keep buying things and they keep just releasing these products that are so pretty and the packaging is so pretty. And they know that we're going to have this emotional awe to to them. And then we forget to think like rationally, wait, I really love this bright purple lipstick on this salesperson. Like that girl or that guy can rock that color and I'm going to buy it. I've made this mistake. Like I'm going to buy it because I love it so much on them. And then I try it and I'm like, oh, but I'm not. Yeah. So once you start looking at things, you're like, wait, I really appreciate that on that person, but that will never work for me. I'm just going to appreciate on that person. I'm going to stick with the things that I know. And then once you know your colors, once you know what works for you, it's really boring and it's almost okay. (laughs) I mean, you can have fun with it, but really it's once you know your body type and your shape. We're going to call it simple. Now, boring, very simple, similar to how I feel like a capsule wardrobe, right? Like I know the clothes that I gravitate toward that I like once I put them on. I know the colors that I really like. And yes, a lot of people might look at that and say, okay, but I would get bored wearing those same things over and over again. Yes and no. When I need to zhuzh it up, I'm going to zhuzh it up if I need to. But my everyday stuff is going to be pretty similar because it makes the decisions. I don't have the the decision fatigue. I don't get worn out. I don't sit there and go, what am I going to do today? I don't have to even think about it. It becomes automatic, just makes my life so much easier. And same with like in my house. I feel like I don't feel like makeup is my strength. So this is why I feel this is so wonderful. So like in my house, I am very similar. We've gravitated toward a very simple color palette. So when I am out and about and I am seeing the cute things, at the stores or I'm seeing the new thing, right? And the new color palette, I go, well, that's not what's in my house. So if I brought that home, it would look out of place on my couch or on my shelf or whatever. And it's just so much easier to be able to say, like you said, appreciate it or what it is, but know that it doesn't have to come into my life, into my orbit for me to say that was great, but just not for me. So very similar. So I like how you're putting that together. But let's talk about, so when I do a capsule, like people always want to know, okay, but what are the things I need? So I tell people like with, you could build a whole wardrobe with very small amount of things. Like I can tell you like one outer layer, three tops and two pants. You can make 12 outfits. Let's talk about what are the things that you generally see people need. Now, I obviously know that we have, everybody is different. Everybody's going to have different skin types, different skin tones, different purposes, different things that they need to do, but what's a standard that you see across the board? 
Okay. As, aside from your skin care, like as you're brushing your teeth, as you're taking as your SPF every day, night cream every night, and your skin prep, because that really eats and that that's separate. That would be like your skincare routine. So when it comes to makeup, you need a complexion product. And this kind of goes, shameless plug, this kind of goes online with my Learn Makeup in Five Days course. And I break it down. So the first part is you need to know where you're going. So you need to really, before you build this capsule, you need to know what is my makeup look and how much time do we want to spend on it every day on average, right? A lot of people miss that. They skip it. They just start buying stuff and then they're overwhelmed. So first things first, determine what is your style? What is your makeup? Like what is the realistic time you have available to do your makeup? Then you're going to do complexion. Complexion is your face products. So you have foundation. And when I say foundation, that includes tinted moisturizers, that includes powder foundation, that includes anything that is evening out your skin tone. Concealer is to be used sparingly. <laughs> like we are not supposed to wipe it all over our face, but concealer would be a complexion product, blush, highlight, bronzer, right? That would be your complexion capsule. Anything that you would want to even out the skin tone and to add that life back into your face. And of course, depending on your preferences, you would either go with a really sheer kind of balm or tinted, some tinted moisturizers are pretty, cover, they have a lot of coverage. From sheerest, like a balm to a full coverage foundation, wherever you are in that spectrum of your preference and your comfort level, that would be your one foundation. And with a full coverage foundation, you can always mix that in with your cream or your serums and you can thin it out, but you can't go backwards. So if you know that you're going to have a special evening out or that you're going to be on camera, then maybe get the full coverage foundation and just share it out if you know you're going to wear it, if you're going to need that. So then you don't have to go out and buy one. And then you would have like your, so if you are evening out your skin tone, and especially if you're using a full coverage, you can't skip blush, you can't skip bronzer, you can't skip highlighter because you have evened out your skin tone, which looks unnatural. So I always gravitate to a cream blush, a cream bronzer. I am emphasizing creams because they are so versatile and you can use them on your eyes, you can use them on your lips, you can blend them, you can use them under your makeup. In a capsule, I like to think these are heavy, these are hardworking products, right? Yeah. They're going to give me a big bang for the buck and I can manipulate them more so than say a powder. So that's your complexion, your holy trinity, your blush, bronzer, highlighter. That's what I like to call it. And then you have your eyes, right? And this is where people get tripped up. Because oh boy, yes. Like, I'm like, most people don't need eyeliner, but think that they do and then apply it. And if I had a pet peeve, it would be baking, contouring, and like improper use of eyeliner. A lot of us can, as we get older too, I hate to say that, but like we can skip the eyeliner. <laughs> like it's not always doing us favors unless we are really strategic with it. We need to know exactly what we're doing and why. Otherwise, you can really shut our eyes. And black is really intense. So maybe getting a different color. But get your eyeliner. Get a good mascara. Get a curler, right? This is 
90% of an open eye. Maybe you can get a nice shimmer shadow that you like that is that if I have hazel eyes, so I could use like a dark brown or like an olive green, or I could even use a tan. A lot of times I can use my bronzer as the same color on my eye. Nobody knows, right? It looks cohesive. Right. If you have blue eyes, get a navy blue or get, get gray, like a cool gray or even a coral, like a more orangey mm -hmm. coral looks so beautiful on blue eyes and fair skin and you can put that on your cheeks too but a good mascara and of course your eyebrows have a lot of high contrast right my skin is lighter my my brows are dark so there's big contrast but if you don't have as much contrast there then you want to find a really good brow product that you like and i love the gels hmm. or the things that make it so easy they have so many good brow products. I will shamelessly plug Nia Weston. She's an amazing makeup artist. She's the original brow queen way before Anastasia Beverly Hills. Senna Cosmetics. I think she makes some of the best brow products in the game and her cream blushes. They're staples in my pro kit. I'm not being paid or sponsored by her, but those are two, like that brand is actually my favorite for brows and cheeks. And that's it you can so get an eyeshadow quad build your palette you can use colors on your face too and it's again like i said it's not as hard as we make it but it is hard to turn off all the white noise and all of the advertising all the pretty packaging and then think about i love the giorgio armani mascara okay okay now it is made by L'Oreal, big L'Oreal company. And I use the L'Oreal mascara as well. <laughs> like they're both Good very Yeah. <laughs> but there's something about the packaging and opening up my Giorgio Armani mascara that just brings me so much joy. Is it because it's a better mascara? No, it is really a great mascara, but it brings me so much joy. And so what I like to, instead, when people are like, should I buy the more expensive one? Should I buy like the cheaper one? I'm like, they're all being manufactured pretty much in the same five factories around the world, right? So you're mostly paying for packaging and marketing. And so if something brings you joy, I know that's so cheesy, but. No, not at all. If you want to spend $50 or $60 on a Tom Ford lipstick, do it. But know that you're not buying it because it's better. Do it because it brings you so much joy. And like when you put it on, you feel so glamorous. It's, that is really important. And we, sh and I like to say like sometimes doing our makeup, taking care of our skin is especially for us busy mom. I don't want to just say moms, but like, sure. for those of us who are busy and have really full schedules, caregivers caregivers <laughs> that is sometimes the only self-care that we have every day and yeah. we should love it we should cherish it even if it's two minutes because we don't get that time we don't get that time back and so get makeup that you enjoy and when you don't have so much of it like it's okay if you spend oh my god I spent 30 dollars on this and I'm like does it bring you yeah. joy can you afford it like you're as long as you're right. going to debt, like then we're fine no yeah absolutely there's a reason this is the wannabe minimalist show. I am not somebody that says you should only have a hundred personal items and one set of plates per person in your house. This is, you need to figure out the things that 
really light up your life? What are those things that jazz you up? What are those things that make you excited? And if it is that $50 mascara, then go for it. And if you don't care, I just want the end product. I want the end result. Then that shows you where to put your money. So absolutely. I, I yeah, I'm on board. I did forget one thing as you were yeah. saying, tools. Ooh, brushes. okay. Yeah. The things that you use to apply your makeup. That is where I do spend my money, right? That is, those are the tools that you're going to have for a long time. And when you invest in quality, and I'm talking like three to four brushes, right? Okay. Maybe five brushes. If you, again, it goes depending on your preferences, your skin type, how you like to apply makeup. I like using my fingers professionally. I use brushes a lot, but. I do like to work with my hands. You can just warm up the product Mm -hmm. and get the product to do what you want it to do a lot better. But if you have really oily hands or really oily skin, you know, you're going to need a brush, but you need a good foundation brush. And that's going to be a synthetic brush because you're working with creams and synthetic brushes go with creams. So you like brushes versus like a beauty blender. I do use a beauty blender, but I use the beauty blender to actually blend okay. and actually remove because sponges remove things. Okay. Like think about a sponge. It soaks things. It takes things off. So, you know, I would apply my foundation and then, you know, tap my beauty blender on my face and it's actually taking off what doesn't need to be there. Okay. If you put like your foundation on top of your beauty sponge, it's just going to get saturated full of product. You're throwing away money. YouTube has popularized this. Huh. so. Yeah, any like makeup artists, we always cringe, like, don't do that. You're just putting money into your sponge. <laughs> and it's very dirty too. Could apply with your fingers and then use the sponge to blend it in so that there's no streaks. And then avoid brush sets because unless you know what you're going to do with every single one of those brushes, they're very generic. It depends on your eye shape. Like, what is your eye shape? Do you have small eyes? Do you have bigger eyes? How do you like to wear your eyeshadow? It's going to depend on the shape of the brush. So avoid brush sets 99% of the time and just get brushes individually that you know how to use and like what you're going to do with them. And a good angled brush works for your bronzer and your um, highlighter and your blush, right? You don't need three different brushes for that. I mean, you could. I have so many brushes. I have a problem, but I'm also you're like, a professional. This is what yeah, you do yeah. for other people. So yes, I have it all. But for myself, yeah. it's like I have my one angled brush. I have my one paddle brush. I have my one contour. My one eyeliner. I just have my one of each. Okay, so. One thing I'm concerned about is now I have, I've mentioned that I'm in my forties now and it's so easy to get into a rut, right? I remember being younger and like my mom being like, when I started doing my own makeup when I was like 16 and I was all about it and this is what I spent my money on because that was a big thing. And so I remember being like, mom, why are you still wearing those colors? Or why are you still doing your makeup like that? And so now I'm a little nervous that I'm getting to that point, like, I know, I know, I know everybody listening to this. And I know there are YouTube tutorials and there are all the things out there and everything I could ever want is at my fingertips to learn the new styles. 
Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So, join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. How do we avoid the rut, though? And how do we avoid overwhelm because I feel like you could go down that rabbit hole so easy to know okay they're doing this and now someone else is doing this and now someone's over here and all the things how do we just avoid the rut what should we do okay I actually wrote a post on this too I'm (laughs) going to show you the link okay and I wrote it because I myself found myself in a beauty rut when and we joke about it But there's really nothing funny when all of a sudden you look in the mirror, you don't recognize yourself. You don't. Yeah, like you have changed and you're second guessing everything. And that is, I think we we joke about it, but it is really impacting our confidence and how we show up. And so how we get out of that is it's not so easy. But one of the things, some easy ways that I like to get out of that is first of all, go shopping. Not that you need to buy anything. Just go and see what's there. Just go to the makeup store and just feel inspired. Just look and see what's new and be like, oh my gosh, there's all these. You don't have to buy anything. If you do buy something, go get some deluxe samples. You don't have to buy. Just go to the travel size. Get some things that look really interesting to you and they're big enough that you can actually try them and see if they're going to work for you and experiment and find some things. Of course, I'm going to say invest in working with well, me or any <laughs> makeup artist in your community that offers education because you bring up a really valid point. There is a there's a shift at when especially women are stopped marketing marketed to for makeup products and then they're started to be marketed to with 
anti-aging products. It's not just you. I'm also approaching 40. And of course, I will say less is more as we get older, being more strategic, like knowing where we're putting things. That's why it's, to me, it's like, would you rather spend money on more products or would you rather work with somebody who knows what they're doing? Of course, that's like what I do. But I know there's also artists around the world who are helping clients one-on-one. Hey, let me sit down with you. Let me map out your eye shape, your face shape. It does change. Our bodies change. Our face is going to change. And yes, if we do keep wearing makeup the same way we did, it it will look unflattering. I'm sorry. It does, it does not work. It just looks like we got lost in this era. And so by investing in education and not investing in products, I think is the best way to go. Studying, looking at celebrities and finding inspiration in red carpet and seeing how some of our favorite celebrities have aged and studying their makeup and becoming students. Seeing, okay, what are they doing? Following real makeup artists, celebrity makeup artists on Instagram is a great way to find inspiration and find hope because they're working on real people that we are inspired by. And so I think we need to obviously have self-care and self-love and affirmation, but also find ways to be creative again and reinvent ourselves instead of thinking like, I can't do this anymore. It's not going to work saying, wait, how is it working for other people? And what are they doing? And let me learn from them and let me see and let me start experimenting with different things and seeing what works. And I think what you said there too, and you said it earlier, just bringing it back to the fact that makeup can be very empowering, right? It can make us feel powerful. It can make us feel more confident when we go out into the world. And so while yes, we put makeup on as a front when we leave, it's really more about ourselves and to make ourselves feel better um, and not really about how we look to other people. It's more really is more about Yeah. When I get up and I do, and I shower and I dry my hair and I style it and I put on clothes and I put makeup on, I feel like a different person when I leave the house versus I rolled out of bed. I threw my hair up in a messy bun. I have my sweats on and I'm walking my daughter to school. Right. I do not feel like the same, like confident in charge person. So it is really more all about that. And like, how can we feel the best about ourselves? So yeah, this has been great. I feel like People are going to feel inspired to just get out there and experiment and learn and find some things. I know one thing we didn't really talk about were maybe some brands that are your go-to brands, because I think that is one of the things I struggle with myself is knowing like, what is a good brand? If I go to a store to buy something, how do I know whether that's actually something I should be buying or whether that's somebody, something that someone is pushing to me? So do you have any quick brands that you recommend before we sign off? Yeah. So in skincare, I really like CeraVe. It's a very accessible brand and it's actually very good. A lot of dermatology, it's highly rated on a lot of dermatology. People think, oh, it's so cheap. It's not going to do good. No, it's really good. There is the Leda, it's the German brand, but I know it's really popular. So that would be a little bit more of that organic kind of granola brand, Waleda, and it's a little bit more accessible. 
this like Dr. Hauschka, that's another good skincare brand that is more natural. And again, these are all not, sh- the, yeah, there's an expiration date. Some are longer than others. And then in terms of skin prep, what I use in my kit is Sonia Rosselli Beauty. I can send you the link to that. It's more of a cult favorite. It's used a lot by pros because it works on all different skin types. In terms of foundation and complexion products. So of course I went, I told you about Senna Cosmetics for the blushes and the brow products. It's just amazing. Foundation. I know Alne actually is very clean and works really well for people with sensitive skin. And that's like available at the drugstore and it's very very accessible. I personally like the Danessa Myricks foundation. That's what I use in my pro kit, but it is very thick and it needs to, you need to cut it with a face oil. It's one of those, you would never just apply it straight to your face, but she is a woman of color owned, amazing makeup artist. It's just an amazing foundation. You can get a couple of different shades and use that as bronzer as well like a cream. I do love the Christian Dior eyeshadow quads. Those are pretty good. The Chanel ones, very thoughtful. The color stories, Viseart, it's another good eyeshadow brand. I like Mob Beauty, M-O-B is really actually awesome. I haven't use their products yet, but I ha- I know a lot of people who do, but that is fully customizable. Like you can make your blush, your bronzer, your everything. Like and it's all on all their packaging is biodegradable. It's awesome. There's another brand Axios that does like crayons. So this is zero waste. They're, they're like multi-purpose crayons that you can use for your lips and cheeks and eyes. And then in terms of lip products, Mascara is mascara. It's all about the wand that's in my book. You need to like, based on the wand. And if your eyes are sensitive to, then you would want water to be. Yeah, mascara is mascara. There's like a whole thing to it. If one that you like that does what you want it to do. And then you had mentioned that the Giorgio Armani is the same as the L'Oreal. Yeah. They're like made by the same. Yeah. So, yeah. I will also send you a link to that, like the business of makeup. I cover it in the book, but yeah. really, I mean, there's L'Oreal. There's like L'Oreal owns L'Oreal and Giorgio Armani. I think La Mer um, okay. heals a lot. Like I think Urban Decay is in L'Oreal. Estee Lauder owns Bobby Brown and Mac and all these other. They own so much makeup that we wear. Yeah. So really. If you're on a budget or if you want to see where you're spending your money, it all goes the same place. Interesting. Okay. Sorry, I interrupted. (laughs) No, it's like a thing. You can Google it. There's a lot of information out there, but a lot of the- Link to your blog post that you've written about them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So do your research. If your money, where your money goes is really important. So I do like to support brands that are more independent that aren't in these big conglomerates but yeah I do think L'Oreal and I think they have the best mascara (laughs) (laughs) they really do I can't you can't go wrong yeah and then like your lip products there's so many it's really hard to say I really like Kiehl's is nice Laneige is really a good brand a color 
Christian Dior glosses are amazing. So are X. I love NYX. Interesting. Yeah. Love NYX lip products. A lot of very accessible brands you just gave there. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to. You can go send Tom Ford lipsticks. Gorgeous. Very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But it makes sense. Okay. Any brands that you would avoid, that you would tell people never buy these? People have asked me for this, so I'll tell them to listen to this episode because okay. I don't like work. Sure. I don't like to be shady. I refuse to purchase products from Anastasia Beverly Hills, Morphe. It's not even really a brand. BH Cosmetics. Um, no, any a of lot these of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Morphe is really one I would stick away, stay away with. Anastasia, she's really popular, but she really... I don't know if I agree with her business ethics. I got to be quiet. Uh, That's okay. No worries. And like I said, Um, if you, yeah, I'm just curious, like if I'm going into, let's say I'm walking into Sephora or Ulta and I'm just browsing, are there any that you would definitely avoid from like an environmental standpoint or anything like that? Now I watched, I don't know if you've watched it, the HBO documentary, Not So Pretty. Did you watch that? Yeah, I did. And they talked all about the talc. How do you feel? Where do you fall on that spectrum? It's been made to be this really bad ingredient, same as silicone. And if we didn't have silicone in our cosmetics, we would all be miserable. That is what helps our cosmetic grade silicone is what helps the makeup to move with our face as we move and when we smile. And if we don't have silicone in our products, like it's makeup will be very uncomfortable. <laughs> we will we will be very uncomfortable. Same as with talc. And there's different levels of talc. There's different types of talc. There's cheap talc. There's, you know, ethically sourced. I'm not an expert. Kevin James Bennett, he's somebody who knows a lot about this okay. kind of stuff. But yeah, don't trust everything you read. And I think that living in Europe we hear all of these things. Oh, all these products that are banned in Europe and not in the U.S. And it's almost like the U.S. doesn't do their job. And we're like, they're actually taking a lot of these studies way out of context. And the EU and the U.S. are really much, they're very much on the same page with cosmetics more than we think and more than we're led on to believe. The U.S. is doing just fine. I think when we talk about fragrances, that is where the most controversy is in the U.S. actually. So be okay. careful with fragrance compared to here and the way it's disclosed. But yeah, if it right. smells, doesn't smell good to you, don't put it on your face. I mean, you yeah. have that natural right. instinct and it probably will. As where you, when you're young, you can put whatever you want on your face. But as we get older, we're like, oh my gosh, it's going to break me out or give me a rat. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Okay. Fascinating. It's interesting because like I said, this is not my world. So it's interesting to learn from other people and who are dealing with this, you know, every day as part of your profession and uh, just your passion as well. This has been a lot of fun. Natalie, tell people where they can find you. you can find me at my website, nataliesetere.com. And then I'm also Natalie Setere, S-E-T-A-R-E-A on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I'm not super active there. And uh, yeah. I'm in all the places. Just shoot okay. me a message. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. One of my favorite ways to end every episode is with three rapid fire questions. And so they're not too complicated. The first one is what does minimalism mean to you? 
means peace, having peace and space to think and be creative. Yeah. Love it. Ooh, I love the creative part added there at the end. All right. So question number two, what's one of your favorite pieces of advice that you'd like to share that maybe we didn't get to yet today? It's not just confidently wearing makeup. It's also confidently not wearing makeup. And I think sometimes we are, and a lot of people I've met are insecure about how they use makeup. So they don't wear it, but they're not making that decision in confidence. They're making that decision because they're scared or they don't know or whatever. And so I think makeup, yes, can give us confidence, but also when we are confidently not wearing makeup, it is also very empowering because we know I'm not wearing makeup today and I don't care. I love that. That it's so funny because I feel like I'm that person that if I don't wear makeup, I feel I don't know that I'm confidently not wearing makeup. And yet I can do that in my house and in my clothes. So interesting. I love that perspective. And number three, what is making you happy right now or in this season of your life? Getting to talk to you <laughs> is a very nice time. I love teaching people how to wear makeup and in 2019, I had made this switch from mostly makeup artist to mostly makeup educator. And then the pandemic happened and I really fell into my role as makeup teacher. And I love doing it. Like I love showing people how to hold a makeup brush and how to use it and find their colors. I'm like obsessed with it. So I'm really happy with just doing that work and not getting kickbacks with sponsors, which... Yeah. I get asked all the time. It's really hard <laughs> as uh-huh. a creative to say no. Yeah. Well, doesn't need another salesperson. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love that you found your passion and you found what lights you up. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. And I wish you all the best. And I'm really excited for people to hear this. I think they're going to have a lot of good takeaways. So thanks for joining yeah. us. Yeah. Thank you so much. So what'd you think? I love how Natalie makes makeup accessible. I said it during our conversation, but over the past several years, I have gotten out of practice with makeup, but this conversation helped me be excited again to experiment and just have fun with it. Plus, I loved the advice to also be good with confidently not wearing makeup. I think I needed to hear that. But now it's your turn. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the episode. What were your favorite parts? And if you had any big takeaways? Come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook and share. Sharing what you learned helps you retain it. Plus, you might say it in a way that resonates with someone else. So let's build each other up and encourage each other on our journeys. And thanks again to Natalie for joining us on the show today and for sharing some great advice. We had a big time difference between us, and I appreciate her making that time to connect with us. Remember, she has some awesome resources available to you. Head on over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 124. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 124 to find out more about Natalie and how to access those resources. And as always, thank you for joining me too. If you've made it this far, I would be thrilled if you left me a review on Apple Podcast. Your reviews make my day and it helps me be able to book more guests for the show for you to learn and discover from. And remember, it helps me know what you want to see on this show. And with that, I hope you have an absolutely fabulous day. I'll see you back here next week for a solo show. We're heading into the holiday season, and I will be looking at ways that we can keep it simple while upping the fun, the memories, and connection. You know, focusing on that stuff that actually matters. It's a good one to kick us off in November. 
I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show. Cheers. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.